Hey everyone, I'm Mary Kate and welcome to Women Changing the Game. Join me as I sit down with ambitious, powerful women who are coming off the bench in the sports industry and are changing the game as we know it. Get ready for women in coaching, photography, events, sales, entrepreneurship, and so much more, all in the industry of sports. If you're here to get some amazing advice, stories, and laughs, then stick around. Looking to start your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Changing the Game. I am so, so excited to introduce our guest today. She is an icon in the sports industry, CEO of the Draft Network, TDN podcast host, otherwise known as the underscore sports page on Twitter. If you haven't guessed it by now, welcome Paige Demakos. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, quite the intro. I getting a little, getting blushing a little bit. It still feels good to be called the CEO. That's for sure. So yes. it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's it's still new and it's still fun. Um, I kind of hope it doesn't wear off. Yeah. Congrats again on being named CEO. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing for women all over and girls who you know want to be in your position. So that's why we're so excited to have you on and um, get some advice from you. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things I'm um, most passionate about. If you if you were watching and not listening, I'll describe it. It says that I have this thing on the back of my phone that says women belong in sports. Um, and then on the back of my laptop, I have the same one alongside the women changing the game, uh, which which I love my yes. my two stickers. So it's it's definitely something I'm super passionate about. I've always been very passionate about it. Um, and I hope you know, somebody listening wants to be a CEO, uh, which would be really cool for me. Yeah, I think the quote, um, if you see her, you can be her speaks really true to you because I think girls all over the world right now are looking up to you and seeing that you're CEO and now they can be CEO in whatever position, you know, no matter if it's a male dominated industry or not. Yeah, I love that. Uh, if you if you see her, how did you say it again? You said if, if you, you see her, you can be her. <laughs> if you see her, you can be her. It's I a little that. corny, but <laughs> I love it. Listen, I'm in 2020. I think we all need a little corny. Um, yeah. If you see her, I love that, and it's it's 100 accurate. And you know, representation is is really important for gender, for race, um, across the board. It's such an important aspect for, for young people to see somebody or someone that looks like them, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's so helpful. And for such a long time, women have had a very specific role in sports. And even in early on in my career, that was kind of the trajectory or more so I would say the position that people were pushing me towards. And, and I just, didn't want to do that. Right. And it, yeah. I didn't want to be a sideline reporter. I didn't want to ask questions that I didn't come up with. Um, and I tried it and I just didn't like it. And I think there's, that's the the point of, of all of this. And my hope for everybody is that if you want to do something, if you work hard enough, no matter 
how old or young you are, no matter if you're male or female, no matter if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, uh, you know, whatever your background is, you will have an opportunity to do what you want. And I think that's, that should always be the goal and objective for everybody. Um, hasn't always been that way for sure. Uh, but it does seem like we're trending in the right direction, which is, which feels very good. Yeah, 100%. And going back to um, what your sticker was, women, um, what was the sticker again? Women belong in sports. Women belong in sports. Yeah. So I saw your recent Instagram post and then you also, you know, talked about how everything you just said, women do belong where decisions are being made. And you kind of um, talked about your grandma and how she's been an inspiration to you and you wish that, you know, she could see you where you are now. Can you talk a little bit about that and how, you know, she's gotten you to this point now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Grammy, as she so eloquently was called by all of her grandchildren, she was what I would consider a trailblazer or a pioneer um, in a generation that did not have women um, doing things like we are now. Uh, she was a, you know, got her, got her masters, um, which was not very common at the time, um, was a divorced woman, which was very hard in that era and raised her daughters by herself, which in and of itself is, is an accomplishment because there's so many women now that are, you know, working mothers in the fifties, in the sixties, that was not really a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, and it was so, so hard for her to deal with the stigma, of what that meant and also try and, and try and have the life that she wanted to have for her kids. And she worked very hard. She's very smart. Uh, she spoke, <laughs> she spoke, uh, and, and traveled and was able to play. She played so many musical instruments. And I think she went, she retired at 55 and traveled all over the world. Wow. And that's goals. <laughs> exactly. And grew up in a, in a small town, Hastings, Nebraska. Um, and did all that in a time where that was not something that women were doing. And she did it mostly by herself, right? Wow. Which I think is really important um, because people tend to think you need, you need somebody else to feel complete, right? And I'm very much a proponent of, um, you know, you need to feel complete yourself and then you can find somebody uh, that helps make you a better person and vice versa. Uh, and she, she combated that and she, and she was very much a, a trailblazer in what she was doing as a working woman in a time where women weren't. And she was always, even though she didn't, she wasn't a big sports fan. Um, she was very much artsy and into music and things. Um, but she took such an interest in the Huskers because she lived in Nebraska and that's what I was covering. And, you know, she, she was always pushing me to do more and telling me that I, I deserve to be in every room and there's no room that a decision is made where a woman shouldn't be. And she's right. Um, and yeah. I just think she was way ahead of the curve with, with that thinking. It seems like it. Wow. She sounds amazing. I think mm -hmm. it's so important to have an inspirational woman like that in your life. And, that's kind of what our page is about too, is if you don't have an inspirational woman like you had in your granny, then, you know, the pages or a platform is somewhere where you can look up to these women. And that's yeah. why we feature people like you, um, you know, showing what you can be and having somebody to motivate you and push you. So that's really cool that you've had her in your life. She sounds awesome. Yeah. She's, uh, uh she's amazing. I have so, I've been very, 
uh, talk about cliches. I've been very blessed in my life. Yeah. Um, there's not a, there's not another word to use. So sorry, people. No. Um, there's not another that. word to use other than that, that I have had so many wonderful, inspiring women. Um, my mother, my yaya, my grandma, my aunts, my cousins, my big friends. Family. I, I got, I got a big family <laughs> and I have a powerful woman family. My family, my cool. mom's one of three sisters. All three sisters are badasses uh, in their own right. They all have accomplished so much and pushed so much. Um, and my yaya, Greek coming over here, learning a language that she didn't know, assimilating to a culture she didn't understand and, and then raising kids and working, whatever. Like I have, I, I realize like, I have so many women in my family that it's normal to me, right? Like yeah. I kind of never, there was never a part of me that thought, man, I can't do that. And I, it wasn't until I got to college and realized most of the people that I was around didn't have that upbringing that I realized how, how truly unique it was. So yeah. I'm very lucky to have that many inspiring women and hopefully I can in, in, inspire the, in, t turn the favor around. Right. Cause they've all been so helpful to me for yeah. such a long time. Hopefully I can, can do that for some other people. I'm sure you have already. I have a big family of women too, like girls. There's not yep. that many guys, so I can kind of relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going back to what you were saying before about being a sports reporter and how you realize that's not what you want to do. I'd love to get back into that and, you know, hear about that journey and how it's kind of changed your mind of what you want to become, because I think it's so important to tell girls today that, you don't have to be in the field you dreamed you were going to be in because yeah. I think like, even I can relate to that. I thought I was going to be an athletic trainer my whole high school career. And I shadowed, you know, the athletic trainer there. And then I realized this is not what I want to do at all, although it was fun, but I think that's important. So if you could kind of touch on, you know, your experience with changing fields and yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the reality is that most people don't know what they want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like most people do not walk out of high school thinking, I want to be this so definitively that they're just going to follow that forever, right? It's such a flawed system. The yeah. system in general that we have now is so flawed and, and trying to, to get kids to pick one lane when there is no lane, like they're, they're, the lane is wide open and anybody can do anything they want to do. And the best advice that I can give you is to try many things, right? And if you are somebody who is interested in sports journalism, I, I consider myself the outlier. I knew in eighth grade in my yearbook, it says I wanted to work in sports. I knew that I was always like, I'm passionate about sports. I know I want to work in sports. I was That's so cool driven directly towards something, but sports is very general. Like mm -hmm. that is a big, you know, gamut of different jobs. And, it's and cool though. yeah, it is. And there's so many opportunities and that's, that's what I hope people realize is because at the end of the day, my hope is that everybody works in a field that they're passionate about. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're passionate about sports, there's probably something you can do in sports that will excite you. Right. And, and will bring you passion. And, and that might change. I think that's the other message here is like, you might be excited and passionate about something early in your career, and then you lose that fire. And then you have to try a new challenge. And that's, that's the messaging for me is there were certain things that I was doing early on in my career that I loved that challenged me that once I accomplished them over and over again, there was no more challenge. There was no more fire. There was that wasn't there anymore. And so mm -hmm. 
that's when I needed to explore other opportunities and other challenges and, and push myself. And I think most people live in a comfort zone and it really, really is hard to get out of that. And I would challenge anybody listening to this podcast to say, yes, you'll have ups and downs, but out of the comfort zone is the only place that you should want to be. Um, that's, that's what you should strive for and, and trying different things. Like if you're a sports journalist in in college, you should take that opportunity to do everything, podcasting, videoing, sports PR, um, work for the football team, do stats, do analytics, do everything you can and try and fail while it's expected. Because when you get to the professional world, you're no longer afforded the opportunity to have these you know, mistakes. So try it out while you're in college and, you know, see what you like and what you don't like, and then go from there. Yeah. I think it's so important to make mistakes and, you know, try different fields. Like you're saying, especially in the communications field, like you're talking about being a reporter, there's so many different ways you can go with media being a huge thing right now. You have to know how to work social and do marketing and then be a journalist and combine them all. And I think that also helps you move up within companies too. If you know how to do all of that stuff, then, you know, you you get to where you're being. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's a perfect nail, nail on the head there, right. Is if you can make yourself unfireable Mm -hmm. and how do you make yourself unfireable? You make yourself unfireable by being able to be agile, by being able to do many things. If you can do a lot, And you can make sure that when the company goes, oh man, we're having a tough time, but you know, Sarah, she does everything. Like she can do this and she can do that. And she can do this. It's really hard to fire you if you do a lot of stuff and you do it well. And journalism is especially one of those things. Like this is not a specialized field. Like the days of being a feature writer are gone. That is not happening. It's not coming back. Your journalism professors can tell you all these beautiful things about things that existed in the 1980s. They're not here. Those days have come and gone. If you want to be able to dominate this field, you better be able to brand yourself, i.e. social media, have your own brand. And that is, that is common in, that can be taken anywhere. If you have good sales skills, you can work in any field journalism included. If there, there are so many things that you have to be able to do that. If you, if you continue to work at your craft and you get good at a lot of things, you're going to work. I can Mm -hmm. assure you of that because most people just want to do one or two things. If you're good at a lot of stuff, please call me because I'm always looking for those people. Like if you can do a lot and you're a hard worker, you'll set yourself apart. And, and that's, work hard and, and, and have that attitude, the right attitude. And that's going to, that's going to put you in, in a good place to begin with. Yeah. So important. Just being able to do whatever is asked of you, no matter what, you know, I hate the people who think just because your, your title is one thing, even as huh. like interns and stuff, it's like, Oh, your title is this, but that doesn't mean, so that doesn't mean I can't do any of this other stuff. Like you have oh, to be able I, to do it all. <laughs> oh, I, if I ever listened to what my title kept me to, I would never be where I was. Never. I I was always pushing, asking, making my bosses uncomfortable. Like, Hey, I want to do this. Can I do this? Can I do this? And a lot of times they tell me no, probably 10 times before I I would finally get a yes. Right. So if it's something you're passionate about, keep pushing. And if they're not going to let you do it, guess what? Like when I worked at Arizona sports ESPN out of school, when they didn't want to let me do my fantasy football podcast on their radio, guess what? I told them, okay, if you guys aren't going to let me do it, then let me do it on the side. The tune changed quickly. 
right? Mm-hmm. The tune changed. Then all of a yep. sudden they wanted the fantasy football podcast <laughs> because it was like, well, we don't want you to do it somewhere else. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to push you into a corner. People are not going to give you anything. If you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. And women traditionally have a tough time asking for what we want. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know, but it's, it is a problem. It is, it is a problem across the industry. You have to ask for what you want. And, and nobody is going to give you anything. Nobody's going to give you a raise. Nobody's going to gift you a better title. Those things are not going to happen. I was never given a raise or a title upgrade without pushing for it, period. Yeah. It doesn't happen. And I wish it did. I had this conversation earlier today. I wish, I wish that that's how it worked. But as, as now the boss, as the CEO, when I sit back and I think about it, I go, yeah, why would I want to, why do I want to push status quo? Right? Like it's that you're, you're operating to run the business. And so everybody else underneath you, you're not thinking about, oh man, I really got to really got to do this today. I really got to do that. You're so busy looking at the high level. So now I understand the mindset of what I used to question. And, and so, but if somebody pushes me, if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I really want to do this more often than not, I'm going to say, yeah, you should do it. Go ahead. Try it out. Right. And, but nobody is going to, I'm not going to, I can't, I don't have time. I don't have time to call every single person that works for me and say, Hey, you know what I was thinking today for a half hour is brainstorming. And I think you should do this, right? Like, no, you got to push, you got to ask, you got to do things. And at the end of the day, it's always about action. Like you want something, go do it. I I tell people that all the time. You want, you want it, go get it. Like, go get it. It seems like you've used your connections really well. And just like, uh, you've just been so confident in that. And I think that's an important message to get out to everybody that use your connections really well. And it seems like you've used the people you've worked with to get to where you are now. So how has that been a major factor in getting to be CEO, using your connections and pushing people to do what you want to do? Yeah, it's it's the single greatest asset is your network. The people who you know or yeah. your advocates, your allies, um, it is it is so crucial for success to have people that are, that are in your corner and, and people that will be your network. Because at the end of the day, there are so many people that want to work in sports. So many, so many, there's so many, every, every single one of my guy friends would switch positions with me in a heartbeat. And about 50% of my friends, my, my girlfriends, if, if you want to work in sports, if you want to work in sports, you have to separate yourself. The only way you separate yourself is if I, I will never even, I can assure you of this. I will never even look at a resume of a person that is not, that has not been sent to me directly from somebody else. I, I won't because I get that many inbound jobs constantly for no jobs. I'm not posting about jobs. People are just asking for jobs, right? I will never, ever, ever hire somebody unless somebody else who does not work for my company outside one of my professional connections comes to me and says, you know what? This person really good. You got to mm-hmm. talk to him. That's the only way you're going to get a job. It is impossible otherwise because there's just too much competition. So that is how you separate yourself. That's what I've done my entire career is I have always had people that have had my back. And the, the way that you do that is by working hard. You're not going to get people that are going to be ride or die for you by being lazy. I mean, yeah. just not, that's not going to happen. The only way you build up those relationships is by, is by being really good at what you do, being trustworthy, being reliable, mm-hmm. um, and being loyal. And that's, it's a tough thing these days. A lot of people say a lot of things that they don't do and live up to. And it's, it's pretty easy to get 
a, a reputation of doing those things. So if you can separate yourself in that way, you'll have a lot of success. Yeah. It's so important to keep, you know, good people in your corner and keep reaching out to people you worked with. Mm -hmm. I think that's a major key. All right. So I kind of want to just go back to um, being a female in the sports industry and how you've worked your way up and have you hit roadblocks being a female and being sometimes, you know, the only woman in the room, as I'm sure it has been a problem, you know, being, you know, an outcast maybe as a woman in a male dominated Mm -hmm. industry and how has that affected you building up to where you are now? Yeah. I mean, there have been plenty of awkward moments, whether that's inappropriate things that have been said or done, quite frankly, um, in a locker room, which is tough to talk about. Um, and there's many of us that have experienced that type of thing. And I think that goes back to what you just, what you and I just talked about, having allies, having mm-hmm. advocates. The reason that it was important for me to have such strong advocates with some of the players who are my friends, some of the coaches who are my professional connections is because if I had something that happened that was inappropriate or made me feel uncomfortable, I could go to them and say, hey, this is what's going on. Can you help me out here? And they would, they would have my back. And I, it did not take me long. And it, and it's, it's hard for me to say because everybody's, everybody has different things that make them feel uncomfortable, right? Not everybody's threshold is the same. My threshold is different than your threshold is different than whoever's, right? But what I can tell you is if something makes you feel uncomfortable, say something and say something directly. I wish I had done that right away, right? But it took me a little while to build up my confidence as a teenager in locker rooms with people that were bigger and stronger and louder than me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, luckily for me, I grew up with brothers and my dad and loud family and obnoxious family, quite frankly. And so (laughs) it, it, it taught me that I always had to stand up for myself. So it didn't take me very long to learn like, Hey, if these guys are going to say this, like I have to say something back. I have to make sure that they know that what they said is not appropriate. Right. And I would say 99.9% of the time when I would call somebody out for doing something, it would stop. There's probably one or two times I can remember in my career where that did not happen. And I had to elevate that. I had to escalate it to somebody above them, right. To, To get them to stop doing what they were doing, to stop making me feel uncomfortable. But most times people get away with stuff because nobody says anything. Nobody pushes yeah. back. And, and it's, it's unfortunate that that has to be the reality and it's better now than it was five years ago. Right. And hopefully it'll yeah. be better in five years than it is right now. But if somebody says something to you and you don't feel comfortable, you have to say something, tell somebody, reach out and make sure, like, I know that that's hard, but man, that's the only way I've been able to to not only survive, but thrive is because when there have been instances that have happened, I've said, please stop. That makes me feel uncomfortable, whatever. And, and I will say it, it's probably happened a, you know, less than a dozen times. It hasn't been an overwhelming amount. I have had more way, way, way more positive interactions than I have negative significantly more like nine out of 10, right? Nine for every nine, there's one bad one. Mm-hmm. But the bad ones tend to feel bigger than the nine good ones, right? Yeah. And that's that's tough. That's 100%. tough. And it's it's hard for for every woman. And it, it just being totally transparent, 
you're going to have to be tough to be in this industry. Like you, it's not, it is not for the faint of heart because it's still a man's world. Like as much as it's awesome to celebrate me as a female CEO, I'm still going to be in a lot of rooms where I'm the only girl. Like that's yeah. just the way that it's going to be. So I know that. So I've built up tough skin and I know I will play the game and I will play it well. And it, I've always used being the female in the room to my, to my advantage, because I think it separates me. It makes me different. And in certain ways it, it gives me a leg up because I, because everybody else kind of thinks the same and I think differently. So I've always tried to try to use that as an opportunity to, uh, to separate myself in a positive way. Yeah, hundred percent. I can tell that you have a lot of confidence and you're so well-spoken that it's probably helped you get to where you are now. And I can just tell that the confidence and, you know, using that to your advantage is going to be what makes you, you know, stand out. So yeah, that's awesome I, I hope so. Again. It's, it's what's, it's what's worked so far. And as I said, I wish I could give every girl confidence. Like if I could yeah. give every woman in the world one thing, it would be confidence because it's such a, it, we're so, we're so tough on ourselves. Like we're so tough on ourselves, yeah. tougher than anybody else is. And we, and we tell ourselves things that aren't true and we talk ourselves 100%. out of situations that are, that aren't even happening. And it's, it's, it's the old adage. Like you, you could see a woman standing and a man standing, the man's thinking about one thing and the woman's got like 50 air bubbles over her. She's <laughs> thinking about 50 me. different things, right? <laughs> like it's, we're talking ourselves out of doing something that we deserve. Like you deserve 100%. everything you have. Like you should walk into the room and I'm mm -hmm. a big, like manifestation person. Like tell yourself before you walk in the room, I belong in the room and yeah. then walk into the room and see how that makes you feel. Like, see how that makes you feel as you walk in. It'll change your attitude. I belong here, right? I belong in this room. I, I add to this room. I, I, can, I can do this, right? Little things like that that seem, seem silly, right? They're really not. They're, they're, no, they're yeah. little, these little things add up to really change your attitude and your game and your confidence. If you can gain that confidence, right? All it takes is one time of walking into the room and dominating, and then you're done. You're going to be yeah. good. You're going to walk in every room and you're going to be like, yep. I'm good. Right. But it's, yeah. it's the initial step. It's the initial leap. That's hard. And once you get past that, you're usually okay. So yeah, if you need a, need a little confidence booster, just put some Beyonce in your ears and just listen, tell yourself, yep, who runs the world and then walk in. Like it's, it's, it's the ultimate fail proof plan. I can assure you. It that. is. I was going to say, do you have any like rituals or anything that you do to stay positive? Is it just like, you just tell yourself, you know, stay confident and you know, you can do this. Are there anything you do every day, like to stay positive and motivated? Yeah, I have a, I have a gratitude box, which I posted about the other day. Um, one of my good friends that plays in the NFL, Tyron Matthew, he impacted me a lot with his total change in how he approaches um, competing at the highest level and how much gratitude has changed his life. So I have a little box that I put a, a note card in every day and I write one or more things that I'm grateful for. Game changer. Totally, totally suggest that for any and all people uh, for positivity. Then as far as like attacking, I'm a big music person. I'm a huge music person. Me so too. when I need to be hyped, I've got I've got my AirPods in and it is all the way up and I cannot hear anybody else. And I am in my zone. And I'm also a big proponent of, of working out and being healthy. And that always makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel prepared. It makes me feel like I'm competing, like I'm athletic. Um, that helps me when I walk into the room, I 
I'm, I'm talking smack to all the players. I'm telling them like, I'll run a faster 40 than you. Like, and I believe it in my head, right? Like, I think I, like I, my goal, I'm like, I want to be faster than Odell Beckham Jr. I know I'm never going to be faster than him, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm definitely going to get a journal now and do that too. That sounds like, you know, I'm really into like the positivity and writing down your goals and, yep. you know, writing Big down deal. what you accomplished. I think that really, you know, helps you manifest everything. So For sure. I don't think that's huge, dumb at all. Huge deal. Yeah. So um, how did uh, your first internships and actually I wanted to ask you this question about the beginning of your journey and like you starting a business right yeah corn yep. fed yeah corn fed sports how, yep. yeah how did that help you get to where you are now or how did that um you know start your journey yeah for sure um it, it helped me because it taught me I started a business when I was 19, right? So I was in college and I had the opportunity to start something and fail and learn and grow. And all of that, as I said earlier, is so important as I now look back, you know, 10 plus years ago and go, okay, what did I learn then that I can apply now? And so many of those things I I, I did learn then. Um, and and it's it's the time in your life where you are given the chance to take more chances, more leaps, more risks. And people expect you to fail because you're a college kid. You're like, oh yeah, it's just, they're learning, right? And and I would argue you could take risks and 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 I have and will continue to do that throughout my whole life, right? It's not, it's it should a growth mindset does not stop when you leave college. It's just easier when you're in college. You can yeah. take more of those risks and have more of those opportunities at that time. Um, but it taught me so much because I, I had to do everything for myself, right? I was doing everything with a, with a partner, um, Pat, who we started the site together and I was doing all the social and podcasting and videoing. And I just did everything. I tried everything. I did interviews. I tried playing N64 with Taylor Martinez, who's the quarterback in Nebraska. Like we did a bunch of fun, engaging interviews and some of it's, some of it was good. Some of it sucked. (laughs) Some of it was really bad. Like, I'm sure if I went back and watched some of the stuff I did back then, I'd be like, wow, that was so bad. Right. But at the time I thought the context of the lens, like, I was like, wow, this is a big deal, you know? And, and at the time it was good in comparison Mm -hmm. to everything else the students were doing right now, being in this industry for over 10 years, it's like, oh yeah, wow. That's some of my first stuff. I definitely look nervous or whatever, but everything's about reps, right? You got to have reps. You got to do things and you're only going to get comfortable doing things if you do it more. So you're not going to learn anything from sitting on the sidelines. You're not going to learn anything from reading a book. You're going to learn from doing it. If you want to do something, do it, have action. That's it. All right. All right. So I just kind of want to leave this off with, um, final advice that you have for girls in the sports industry? I know this whole conversation was just great (laughs) advice from you, but if you could just tell one thing to the girls in sports industry who are just starting and who aspire to get to a position like you're in right now, what would be one thing of advice? I know you said a lot about, um, you know, practicing and just making mistakes, but yeah, I think the best advice that I can give you is to try things to see, to learn what you like. Right. And as you're, as you're going through that process, as you're trying, as you're learning, be really in tune with what brings you joy, right? What do you find joy in? And then once you find that, then head in that direction. Right. And it's, and that's, it's easier said than done. And, and, 
I say that because you can change what brings you joy through the process. You might start thinking you want to be a sideline reporter like I did. And then you Mm -hmm. do the sideline reporting and you hate it. And you got to not be afraid to make the change. You got to not be afraid to say the dream changed. The goals changed. That's okay. And I think the the risk taking has to be there. You have to be willing to take the risk and you have to be willing to put yourself out there and be unafraid of what whatever morons are going to say to you, Mm -hmm. because it's going to happen. I've had my own family members, my family members who I love, who have not been supportive of a lot of the things that I've done, right? They look back now and they go, wow, we're really glad you didn't listen to us, right? Because they're comfortable. They're comfortable where they are. And I have a rule in life. Mm -hmm. Unless somebody is doing something that you aspire to do, you don't take advice from them. So if your mom, okay, and yeah, God bless your mom, right? God, let me start by this. Say, God bless your mom. (laughs) But if your mom lives in a small town and doesn't have any aspect of a life that you aspire to have, why are you listening to her for your advice? I can assure you she's not going to give you good advice. She's going to give you advice that's safe and comfortable. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. She, it comes from a place of love and understanding and comfort, but that's not the advice that you need. The advice that you need is somebody to tell you the truth, somebody to challenge you and somebody to push you. And so when you look at where you want to be five, 10, 15 years down the road, you should make a list of look at the people who you want to be like and reach out to those people and keep reaching out and keep reaching out and keep reaching out. And try and talk to those people and ask them what their journey has been like and work your way backwards, knowing that everybody's journey is different. Everybody is going to have a different path, but there are some key things that everybody has. Work ethic is one of them. If you're not willing to work, you're not going to get anywhere, period. If you're not willing to take risks, you're not going to get to the top. That's, those are, those are the, those are the, those are the two main things. If you are not willing to put in the work and you're not willing to risk it and you take things too personally, if you're going to care about what every single person tells you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to die. You need yep. to just do what's best for you and know that it'll be tough along the way, but at the end of the day, you, you got to do what's best for you. Yeah. hundred percent doing what, what's best for you is probably something that's uncomfortable and maybe uncomfortable for the people around you. But at yep. the end of the day, that's, what's most important and what's going to get you furthest in life. That was really good advice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, thank you so much again for being on here and thank you to everybody who listened. Um, you are just getting started and you're already CEO. So I feel like I just can't wait to watch your journey and, you know, who you become further down the line. And it's, you're just really an inspiration to all the girls out there. So thank you again. (laughs) I appreciate, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. If anybody wants to any, anybody listening to the podcast wants to reach out, you can find me at the underscore sports page with an eye on Twitter and Instagram, or you can shoot me an email page at the draftnetwork.com. Always a good way to get a hold of me. Always willing to help out women who want to work in the industry, looking for new interns right now. So if there's any women out there that are uh, in in college in university right now and are interested in in joining the draft network and and hanging out and seeing what we got going on, we're about to start doing our hiring process. So good opportunity to to get some. I got some of the best people in the industry that work for me. Um, I got a whole lot of feminists that work for me. A whole lot of dudes who are they're incredible. I got an unbelievable team. Uh, who, who support me and push me. Um, and they're all really, really great for anybody to learn from. So uh, if you want to get a hold of me, it's not that hard to find me. 
Yeah. Wow. Great opportunity, guys. You heard it here first. Um, Definitely reach out to her because I reached out to you and you were so welcoming and just, you know, reach right back out to me. So I'm very appreciative of that and think that everybody should know that. So yeah, thank you again. And thank you to everybody who listened. We'll see you next time on Women Changing the Game.